0: Esports is one of the fastest-growing industries in the world, and this is the podcast where we talk all things branding, marketing, sponsorship, and events. I'm Rebecca Langawa, founder of Happy Warrior, and I'm an esports brand builder and strategist. Join me as I discuss the world of marketing and esports with some of the top experts in the industry. Welcome to the Future Marketing in Esports. everybody, and welcome to the future of marketing and esports. I'm your host, Rebecca Langawa, And with me today, I have the co-founder and CMO of The GameHers, Rebecca Dixon. Rebecca, thank you so much for, for being on my podcast. I'm excited to, to have you share more about what you're building with The GameHers.
1: Oh, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. It's, it's an honor. First of all, I love your podcast. I think you have incredible guests. And um, the conversations are always so much fun to listen to. So I'm just honored to be here myself.
0: Well, thank you. So we just recently connected through my very, very, very best friend, Arda Ocal, who introduced us. And so share a little bit about how that happened. I think it's a really fun story. Yeah,
1: it's great. So Arda and I connected on LinkedIn and LinkedIn has actually, I have to say, become one of my favorite networking tools especially in eSports and the gaming industry and marketing and startup, kind of all the worlds that I'm involved with right now combining. Of course, now Clubhouse is too, but LinkedIn has just, it's actually just been super helpful. So he reached out, he he had seen the gamers on LinkedIn and reached out and said, I'd love to chat. So I had this great chat with him. And we talked about a lot of things that we might do in the future and different ways we could work together, and especially when the world opens up with events and all that kind of stuff. And he's such a great guy and such a, a champion for a lot of this stuff that we're doing at The Gamers. Separately, I am a huge podcast lover, and I listen to a lot of podcasts in the in the esports and gaming world also in the startup world also in the mindfulness world which i think is an important thing to keep in mind when you're in you know when you''re we're in, a, in a startup to have some balance but long story short i already listened to your podcast i love your podcast and i think it was the next day i i saw the newest episode of your podcast and he was on it so i listened to it i Loved him even more. Loved listening to your conversation. So I immediately followed up with him again and said, will you introduce me to her? (laughs) Yeah, it's such a small world and so funny. And I love, I love people who are just kind of fast paced, always moving forward. I mean, that was only maybe two weeks ago. So I am thrilled to be here.
0: And now here we are. Here we are. Here we are. And it was, yeah, it was just exciting to hear. He sent me a text and said he was going to do an intro and it's wonderful. And, and I had not heard, I feel like I have my finger on the pulse of so much that's happening in our industry. And being somebody who obviously is on the brand marketing, you know, connectivity side of partnerships and, and brand strategy, I feel like brands are constantly asking me about diversity, inclusion, women in gaming, How can they create something programmatic or even one type of a touch point that's going to amplify female voices or get in front of female gamers or really help elevate gamers in general that are are women or people of color. So um, learning from you about what your aim of building this community for women is all about was really exciting to me because I can't believe that I it wasn't already on my on my radar so tell my listeners about first of all where the idea came from and then how you were able to kind of bring it into into the real world
1: you got it so it's a fun story i have three co-founders three of the four of us were in a completely different industry before this but our company had a lot of similarities in mission to the gamers we built a community for expectant and new parents, and it was a community that you know provided a place for them to to get content, get support. Also it had a matchmaking functionality to connect parents with caregivers. And we were able to grow that company and sell it to a media conglomerate in New York. And then we were sort of we're all entrepreneurs. We were trying to think about what we might want to do next. And we had some really strong adjacencies, we like to say, to the gaming world. For my part, my dad and my brother are part owners of Team Envy and the Dallas Fuel. So eSports has been a family business and a passion for quite a long time. And one of my other co-founders was doing some video game toy design with a gentleman named Al Khan, who's the visionary behind Pokemon and Cabbage Patch Kids, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, a bunch of other iconic 80s brands. And to make a long story short... We started learning about the industry in a more, you know, a stronger way. If, if you don't know about the esports and before you know about the esports industry, then you start learning about it. You know, it's just fascinating, right? Like esports and gaming, it's huge. Number one, the percentage of women in it is huge, and be, being that we were a group of women entrepreneurs who love doing things that, like you said before, amplified women and Give them opportunities they they might not otherwise had. We saw an opportunity for us to to start a company. The reason, so we did a ton of research. First of all, we found, as you obviously know, there are that we are not the first people to address the topic of the situation for women in gaming. There are a ton of people addressing it in incredibly positive ways. There are a lot of. Nonprofits that are doing really wonderful things. And in fact, we work with most of them or partner with them and support them and vice versa. And there are also a lot of just women in the industry who sort of on their own are doing what they can do to mentor and, you know, create pathways to careers in gaming and things like that. What we didn't see and what we're trying to build is a big, you know, media company that amplifies, puts women in gaming sort of on the forefront of the media intentionally so that there's a real view to a pathway for a career in gaming. Also so that it just normalizes that women game. And so it's both esports and also just you know regular women who like to game finding other regular women who like to game. So we we linked up with our fourth co-founder who has a long career in diversity, equity, and inclusion. She's an expert on it, speaks all over the country. On that topic, and obviously that's sort of a great fit to tie in with with all of our experience, and that's how the company started. So we're you know we're really excited to be here. The, we were kind of put, after building up a brand over the first six months of our of our life as a company, we were I think really put on the map in November with the Gamer Awards. We honored 25 women in various categories from esports, collegiate esports, cosplay developers. And we, we weren't sure how that would go. We hoped it would go well. And award shows a model that um, we had seen first of all in the parenting world. And we also felt like was needed here, you know, honoring all women in gaming. That said, we weren't sure how it would go. And it went, you know, went viral on Twitter. It, we landed on the front page of Twitch, and that really put us in a position. To say, okay, I think what we thought was needed is needed. We had, we had so many conversations with people in the industry after the awards who would say, oh, I hadn't heard of you yet. I mean, we, we just launched in March, so it's not unusual if someone hadn't heard of us yet. But then they would say, and my friend was honored, was nominated for a Gamers Award. And she's been in the industry for years. It was so deserved. And, you know, it was that just made us feel really good, like we were onto something and you know, to tie it back to branding and what you were saying before, it's another reason that we felt like it was important to found ourselves as a company, as a, you know, as a for-profit, because there are so many brands who can and want to make a difference and want to be aligned with companies that are sort of doing what we're doing. We didn't see anyone doing exactly that. So we're really excited to be where we are and talk about it.
0: And it gives you freedom, I think. You know, we've got a, a local nonprofit that's based here in Minnesota called Love Your Melon, and they started as a nonprofit, mm-hmm. and there were limitations to what they could do, how they could grow, how they could scale being a, a nonprofit. So there was this pivot moment for them. Yep. They're still a for-purpose company; like their mission is still the exactly the same, and they're they're making probably even a greater impact. Based on their new corporate structure, so I think being able to still tell the story of the impact that you're making and being a a you know for purpose company in is in and of itself is really what what we need. I don't think you need to create a nonprofit to support women or support no. any any disenfranchised type of a, of a number. No.
1: You're bringing, you're bringing up a few things that remind me of, of, of topics that come up for us a lot. So, first of all, we're in the middle of a capital raise right now. And one thing that we all say, but we were, we were energized to say it by our co founder, Verda, who has a long career in this industry, she was like, We're not solving a diversity problem by including women in this conversation. Women are 50% of the world and almost 50% of gaming. So, that's, that's sort of the bare minimum. And, and we're just, you know, we're excited to go from there the other thing is you mentioned a for-purpose company and we are doing something that i think is really important which is dedicating 7 to 10% of our current raise to diversity and equity inclusion dei issues and so that is everything from content to staffing and just it's sort of us saying we're not going to start our company you know get everything in order exist for a while Hire who we want to hire and then say, oh, wait, let's 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 be equitable now and Mm -hmm. let's focus on diversity now. We're saying we're going to do it from the beginning. So,
0: yeah. And a lot of times what I hear being a female on the industry side in esports, so front office, Mm -hmm. right, is, well, we would hire a female in this X. C-suite leadership position, but like, they're just not out there, they're not applying. And it reminds me a lot of when I worked in advertising. Mm -hmm. And there was a very similar theme. This was like, you know, 15, 20 years ago, um, as far back as that of saying, you know, it was very much Boys Club, and there was like this movement that was happening in advertising. I don't know if it was national, but it was definitely here in the Twin Cities where the ad agencies were kind of creating these never, no need to go home kind of a office scenario where he had, you know, arcades and Xbox station with couches and lounge chairs and beer coolers and keg on tap. And it felt very boys club, it felt very man's club, right? Yes. And it kind of perpetuated that notion of this advertising being a place for men and women usually were account managers. yes, um, but not a lot of other roles beyond that. So for me, as somebody who's an, always been a very loud voice in the room, unapologetically, it was kind of like, well, how is this like? How is this feel balanced? It, like, does it feel balanced? But a huge movement happened here. A company was created called the Brand Lab, and what the Brand Lab's mission was was to really open up the eyes of young people in in the high school sector, especially kids that went to school that were predominantly people of color, okay. to get into those schools and bring creatives from the agency world into the schools to talk about their jobs, to talk about what they did, and then do hands-on learnings with those students. Because I think what you're saying is absolutely right. You need to see someone that looks like you, or at least know that there is a pathway and how to get there in order to kind of get that light bulb moment on to say, this is a safe place for me. And especially when Young female gamers are trying to compete online and they're being, you know, not, it's not all the time. I think there's been a lot of change that's been happening in our industry. But when I talk to women right now in their early twenties, the yes. majority of their experience online in gaming was toxic. So are they going to think about, even though they love video gaming, are they going to think about a career like mine? Without without having access to see someone like me successful in what I do, right? So I think that what you guys are doing is is absolutely vital, which is creating an amplification of those female voices and showing and highlighting and celebrating female leaders in the industry at every layer, at every level, for esports and gaming.
1: Yeah, it's such a good point. You know, before the world shut down, which was right before we launched, we were able to attend two two PAXs in person. And we also were able to interview hundreds of women around the world, literally on the phone, on Discord. And we've done some surveys and we've done focus groups. And there's there's a theme that is uh, completely consistent through all of our conversations. And it's this. It's very, it's along the lines of what you just said. So the toxicity is there. In fact, I don't think that we have ever interviewed somebody who has not at least once turned off their headset because of some sort of toxic situation. That is true. That being said, what these women mostly want to talk about is not that. I mean, they want that to go away. Yes. And we need to fix that clearly they mostly want to talk about the positives of gaming the, mm-hmm. the 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 trauma that it helps them get through the job opportunities that maybe it gave them you know the friendships the problem solving the teamwork that's what they they mostly want to talk about and i think that that is not necessarily being talked about enough and then like you said you need to be able to see people that you can identify with in positions that you might want to what that you might want whether it's whether it's a career in gaming or also even whether it's just being you know kind of being a gamer and having that also out there in the media in advertising in you know the games themselves and all that sort of stuff i think that's where the brands can also really come in and make a difference
0: mm-hmm.
1: and we're just we're kind of we're super excited to be a part of that we have one initiative that i i'd love to just tell you about i can't remember if i told you when we spoke on the phone but we have a Professional boot camp coming up in March that is going to be a kickoff for the kind of this the professional side of this, this exact this exact topic. It's going to be a weekend long event where it's everything from mentor hours with professionals to you know a happy hour on Friday night talking to developers. There's gonna there are gonna be some college streams, some just opportunities for women who are interested in learning about all the different kind of careers and and opportunities in gaming to to get that. So we'll be putting more information out about that soon but that's the kind of programming that we're excited to do more and more with and get colleges involved, professionals involved, brands involved just so again that it seems normal because everybody's involved. So that should be that should be really fun and and I think that having more and more of that around is helpful. What another thing that we love is that there are there are popping up more and more women initiatives in the esports world. And what's kind of neat about it is that it's not really a competition between anybody because the more people promoting, empowering, honoring and doing anything on this issue the better. It helps all right. of us. So right.
0: I know for me like personally being someone who I like hosting panels and speaking mm-hmm. on panels and just being a part of the conversation. If I'm noticing some event coming up and there's uh, either no female speakers or very small numbers, I will just proactively reach out and say, I'm willing to come and speak. And like, is there a room for me at the table? Cause I mean, I think, I think it's, it's, there's like a balance between creating these, safe, isolated places for women and female voices or being very intentional, but there's also needs to be like, that's not the fix. Like that's not, that's not the end goal. Right. Being, being, having a balance of voices is where, you know, ultimately we would like to see the industry going. Are you, are you sensing a a tipping point or, or a shift? I, I know that people look at what you guys are doing and they're like, they're all in and they want to support it and they want to know how they can support it. Mm-hmm. How can they support women just, you know, within the constraints and the construct of of their own organization? Like there has to be some in, intentionality and, and deliberate actions, correct?
1: A hundred percent. And I think, you know, I am sensing a shift. I think the first step is to get involved sort of with an on an industry level. One thing that we've learned over the past year, and I'm I'm saying this as a company that's founded by four women who are not traditionally from the esports industry. So the esports industry, rightly so, and, and you've been a lot longer than me, so you know, is very protective of the industry. And I think, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of sort of hesitation to new companies maybe just trying to come in and, and figure out how they can profit off of it so what we are what we've been very intentional about doing is is networking in an authentic way and figuring out who is really wanting to to address and get involved with the issues that that we think are important and i think which you know which is with empowering women, diversity, all of that sort of important stuff. I think the same thing can be said for brands. I think the shift, you know, this reminds me actually of the conversation I had with Arta right before I met you. And he made such an interesting point that one of his goals is to be a male host of a panel of all female speakers. And one thing that I notice a lot is that a lot of these events in esports will have the token women in gaming panel. And and I do think that's important. I'm certainly not saying that shouldn't be there. I do think it should be there. I also just think there should be women on the panels, like all the other panels do. And there are, it's happening. It should be, it should get to the point where that doesn't feel atypical. So, what can brands do? I think certainly supporting, like I mentioned, there are a lot of nonprofits involved. I think actively getting involved with organizations, certainly like the gamers, we have we have so many ways for brands to get involved with us. One thing that I, I also haven't mentioned yet that I want to is that we have our, kind of our biggest thing coming up is that we have an app launching this year. And what the app is going to be providing is a matchmaking connection for women who want to game and they schedule games. They connect basically a social network for women, women who want to game all it. the research we've done. It's solving a lot of problems. Discord leaves a lot to be desired in terms yeah. of safety. On Twitter, you know, they'll throw Hail Marys for trying to find people if they can, you know, when are you free to game? And they're just not that safe. So that our app is going to provide something that's like a, you know, a safe opportunity and structure. And I think the reason I mentioned that in terms of branding is I think for brands to get involved in our app and, in, you know, in other initiatives across the industry where they're authentically kind of connecting in that way, I think that will, that will normalize the whole thing. Of course, they also need to hire women and mentor women and all of that, but that hasn't fixed the problem yet because if you just hire women, but you haven't really authentically changed what your brand is doing, then they're not going to stay. So. Right. right.
0: Yeah, I agree. Have you, have you heard about mission control? Have you been connected to those guys? That's the rec league platform that's being built out. Cause I feel like that could be a really great. Resource. I
1: have, I have, I do know who they are and I have not connected with them yet. So I need to do that.
0: I'll do an intro. Cause I think, you know, thinking about the app that you're building and creating these, the the connectivity, taking it one step further and creating a space for them to do like yeah fun recreational leagues would be really powerful. That could be a really
1: That is. And you know, there's so many wonderful things going on in the industry. Somehow I just haven't connected with them yet, but I need to. So I would, I would actually love, love to and you're right. Because I think, you know, another thing that's interesting about this whole conversation is, and I'd love to actually hear what you think on this, but so esports is, I feel like kind of the lens through which all of gaming is now viewed. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. It's kind of like the word and it is the industry. And we are certainly, interested in esports as an inter- industry and making a difference. That said, if you look at the gaming world all right. around, e-sports, yeah, it's a sliver. Like if it's a, yeah. pie, if it's a pie, it's like this. Exactly. And I just, so, and we, yeah. And so what made me think of it is when you were saying the Rec League, what I think our real, the place we can really make a difference is the that big rest
0: of the pie. Like just yeah. community, community, the community. Yeah. Community, yeah. yeah. I, and that's what you're good at. Like, yeah, I, you touched on it a little bit, but ex, like explain a little bit more about your history and the way that your careers come together, Rebecca. Because what you have been able to do is create these hyper-connected, robust digital communities.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's funny. C- community is now becoming such an overused word, but it really is what I and my co-founders are are all about. Like I said, our first company was in the parenting world. It started as a completely grassroots company. It started before you know Facebook was a thing, really. It was, I guess, maybe around the same time as Facebook. So it was totally grassroots on the streets of New York. My co-founder, Laura, who founded the company, handing out postcards. So it's like community at its heart. And that's how it built. The whole company was bootstrapped the whole way, it grew because there was a need that she initially identified for moms to come together under a, you know, a, a shared experience. And so I think the way that we like to talk about community is when we came into the gaming industry, we saw what we thought was a place for building community. And so we sort of dipped the, you know, dipped our toes in the water, started talking to women gamers. And then immediately once we launched, started turning it back on them and asking them, what do they want? Talking to them on social media, our conversations on Discord were fascinating. Our Discord grew to 3000 people. I mean, almost instantly. And the conversations are still just every day, super active on not just topics on gaming, topics on, you know, everything you could think of, everything from the career side of gaming to, like we were saying before, all the, all the issues that gaming can help in life, you know, trauma and all that stuff. And then also just women who like to game also like, everything else in the world you know we have an active channel on on pets and you know and it just any topic you could think of but what we felt like is every step of the way we turn it back on the community and say would this resonate with you would you like this would it be helpful if we did this and so we we've hired people from our community often and we have we pulled our community for our app we asked our community to be in our focus groups and and the response and their desire to be heard is unbelievable. This is a group of women who f- have historically felt like they don't have a community. So now that they have one, they're more than happy to respond, to give information about themselves so that, you know, actually your question about brands before, this is another thing I think that's really relevant to brands. Women who game, who want, want a community are f- Feeling like they haven't been heard, right? Mm-hmm. There, I mean, they are not represented really in the games themselves. They're not represented in the companies. All of these things. So, if companies are looking to figure out how should we connect with these women, well, we can just ask them. That's that's the, that's the easy part of it. Mm-hmm. And so, in fact, one of the ways that we're working with brands uh, moving forward is literally focus groups because we have an incredible community to do that. So it's it's super great. And And
0: when you look at the data of consumer behavior, we know that women are making most of the purchasing decisions in their households. Of course. So if you are a brand, I mean, what better way to reach the future generation of consumers than to reach out to female gamers?
1: Yeah. I mean, this is basically my favorite topic of conversation in the world right now. You have so many things coming together, you know, the gaming world and sports and entertainment and movies and music on one side, right? And then you have women and women gamers who sort of over-index in everything. They're smart. They're you know, of course, they're across also see economic levels because ga- because so many people game. But they are the they're de- they're the decision makers. They're the purchasers. They're interested in in just everything basically. And so it's funny we've been in in meetings before where I've been asked. So what do you think are the most common categories that you know for brands who would be interested in? Partnering with you guys, I'm kind of like all of them. <laughs> I mean, we can certainly dive into which, one, you know, they're the the endemic brands, and then there's some of the obvious one t- categories that just t- tend to tend to advertise and partner in the esports world. But women who game that category is just exploding, and it covers just women. So
0: it's yeah, cool. Need to be a pink product to resonate with this with this demographic
1: yeah exactly i'm going to quote one of my co-founders again who always said who always says don't just create a pink headset for us like that's not the solution here and you know that the example there is the the things that brands may you know they are they admittedly i must say they are thinking of them more now but like you know do they think of the earring backs on your ear sticking into your head with the Mm -hmm. headphones and what Mm -hmm. if you have a big you know just hairdo and all this different kind of stuff yeah so and that's just for the headset but it's it's, it's sort of a good example for, for the greater need for, frankly, for brands to listen to the women.
0: Yeah. It Um, leads into everything. I mean, I'm a, I'm a a hunter and a fisherman and I'm, you know, a female and it's hard for me to find gear. Sometimes I can find really good gear. It fits really well, but then it'll have like a teal or pink, very fine little pinstripe, or even like the zipper pull. And I, I don't, I don't want that. I mean, I'm a hunter. Oh, right. I don't want that. I don't, right. I need to put A little bit of pink on it. You make it pink in my camo. Like, I want it. I don't right. want to have a turkey spot that, right? Like, right. You have to be authentic. Well, by the way, not all
1: women like pink. <laughs> newsflash. Right.
0: Yes, newsflash. Yeah. <laughs> make it for women. The fit makes it for women, right? Exactly. The functionality, like you're talking about, thinking about the product portfolio and what are the, functionality requirements that are going to best be suited for a female gamer and then really tapping in like, are, you know, are those product designers, is there a female product designer on that team? And I, I did have a conversation with someone who was at a pretty well-known sports brand that has a hunt line and they did not have a single female product designer on their women's hunt line, just like, seriously, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, come on. Like it just well, seems like the most obvious first place to start, but you know what happens is the men in a room and saying, well, I showed my wife and it's like, well, yeah. What? Yes.
1: I mean, we've talked to some really incredible women in the gaming industry so far. And one quote that I love, or sort of one, one conversation piece is that if you have a bunch of men in a room deciding if whether or not a female protagonist in a game would turn off a lot of players, that conversation might happen, right? If you have a good number of women in the room and you're talking about a potential female protagonist, how's that conversation going to even happen? Like women are almost half of gamers and it would be strange to say that. Right. So then the game can get pushed through. And, you know, it, again, it's just normalizing the fact that women are half the population and, you know, half the gamers. And so, if we start making that normal, then it'll be easier for for brands and for gamers and for everybody.
0: Yeah, that's what I, I definitely have thought about the categories of fashion within within gaming because there's the people who are spending long long amount of time maybe on their PC or on console, and they're needing the very comfortable clothes. And then there's like the lifestyle streetwear aspect to the oh, game culture. And then you're looking at brands like Gucci and Louis Vuitton. Oh, yeah. An extremely elevated approach that's very, you know, a barrier to entry that is extremely exclusive and, and limited. But for these very tier tier one streamers and influencers, it makes sense that a brand like that is getting into the category and becoming this, Aspirational get to know us now, kind of a of a luxury brand in the space. I want to talk a little bit about pathway to education and the collegiate landscape, getting in front of really all gamers at the collegiate level, but for your organization, ensuring that young women that are interested in, in computing, STEM, STEAM, and gaming careers kind of have that, that pathway brought to the forefront. And that's something that your organization is really passionate about. Can you share more about it?
1: Sure. Yeah. So we, and I'll be, I'll be very upfront are we are, we're still exploring exactly what kind of is going to make sense for us. What we want to do in every, every aspect of our sort of entrance into the esports and gaming world is make sure that we're being authentic because our goal at the end of the day is to br- provide a safe and secure way for women to connect with each other in gaming. That's literally it. And we feel that it's a good way to do that is by amplifying the ones that are currently there. And what we realized pretty early on is that if we are going to be serious about that mission, then we need to intentionally address the college community of gamers because college is a huge place where people game. It's a big age bracket. And so we have spent a long time Many months literally grassroots networking through the college esports and gaming industry. And I'm not even sure if it's an industry, the esports and gaming sort of um, spectrum. And we found some really interesting things. Like I said before, esports, I think, is a super important, especially in college. It's a place that we needed to understand because at a lot of schools, the gaming community is centered around a varsity esports team. And that's great. And so In that scenario, what what we can provide for colleges for college women who game is access to our content that they may not have known about before, which again includes all of that sort of the boot camp that I mentioned is coming up. We're going to have consistent programming. It'll it's going to continue to, to feature women in the industry who they will be able to see that they might be able to, you know, emulate and visualize themselves being there. We're going to have the awards again this year. And, of course, our app. One, one reason we're excited about getting involved in college right now is because our app is launching this year. It's going to be in beta in a few months and come out a little bit after that. And, again, this is this is early. We don't know exactly what the, the it's going to look like. But very likely, we'll have some brand ambassador program, and we'd obviously love that, too be on college campuses, because that would be one of the best places to do it. But getting back to our sort of exploration into the college world, so, that, you know, there's the eSports, team, but, so then there's some colleges that just have a very robust gaming club. And that's great, too. In that scenario, we would, we'd love to sort of, and we, we'd love to, and are going to partner with any organization that would like to offer women gamers some resources for support and education. Then there are also some leagues and some conferences that actually don't have enough women. And they would like to partner with us to offer their students sort of at large the opportunity to know about us. Because again, women gaming is not totally a normalized thing, right? So if you go to a smaller college and you're a woman who loves to game, you literally might not know if anyone knows their games. And so that's another sort of opportunity for us. So we are going step-by-step, connecting with the people that we have found who are interested in the same kind of mission that we are, and just figuring out what makes the most sense in terms of how we can have the most impact. And I think it's really important, I have found, to be authentic and to be upfront about what we're trying to do. And there's nothing for us to compete with anybody on. We're just supporting all any existing sort of program that we can and offer sort of support, advice, education, and a path to a career. And you also mentioned before the STEM and STEAM, I think there's a huge overlap between women who like to game and women who might want to work in the gaming industry. And that includes also computer science and engineering and all of those categories. And we've found that some women who are in STEM programs or engineers and like to game haven't even really thought about a career in game development because it's just, there's not like a easy pathway. It's at some places there there is, and it's getting better, but we're also trying to make that just more visible.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, going to high school in the mid nineties and loving art and loving choir and loving like everything that was that side of my brain i was i thought that those were just like for fun i never imagined a career working in advertising and and marketing right like no one talks about that if you think about a career in sports you're either an athlete or an athletic trainer or a coach and that was it no one talks about the business of sports yeah um, or or the marketing of of sports and like the monetization behind that. And, and that's what I'm really seeing here is, is within the gaming industry as a whole, it's like, well, parents are a little bit cautious about their kids gaming. Cause you know, they're like, well, what is the likelihood that they're going to play on a pro team or they're going to be a pro streamer and they need to be serious. And it's like, well, you know, there's the jobs that you described, but there's also, you know, live entertainment, production jobs, soundstage, lighting, engineering, hosting, and the sales cycle, the account management on the brand side, really carrying brands through the space. And all of the creative jobs, social media strategy, and there's legal positions. Um, yeah. it, it's basically every career. Every, it. <laughs> everything that is in a regular world ha- can be applied to majority of other industries. Right. So I think it's really interesting to be able to just, to me, it's about telling the stories and just showing the examples, which I I love to be able to, you know, work in any way to to help that mission. And as, as you guys could continue on your um, growth strategy, I'd love to hear about how you're marketing who you are, is it has it just been organic? Like, what are the funnels? Obviously, when you start tapping into the collegiate market, that's another way that you can continue to to grow and to market and keep building this community. But yep. what are you, what are the tangible branding and marketing tactics that you guys are currently using to to bring sure. people into the community?
1: So the first thing we did was organic growth. We started, you know, we thought we had a, we were thought we were onto something. We launched on, you know, Instagram and Twitter and all of our website. We, on our website, I have to say, we have some really neat features. And I think they, they differentiate us from some of the other stuff that's out there. And that's one of the reasons we initially were able to grow, grow organically. Number one, we have a career spotlight section, which is important for obvious reasons, We also have a a section that is literally written by gamers from our community. And it is, I mentioned before, it's so important to us to practice what we preach. And in terms of diversity, equity, inclusion, women, and we have on our website, you know, a lot of people will say, well, I wanted to see if you guys were the real deal. And I went there, you know, we have trans gamers writing for us. We have gamers with autism writing for us. We have all sorts of different categories of gamers that women who might come and see and be like oh gosh i've never seen someone like me being featured as a gamer much less writing and so that sort of level of authenticity helped us grow really fast at the beginning and so our i think i mentioned when our discord launched it immediately was just you know super robust of course, you're an advertising marketing person just like me. At some point, you do have to think, think about how are you going to grow even more. So from our days in the parenting industry and growing successfully in that co- and selling a company, we do believe pretty strongly in putting on t- high-quality, top-notch events that have a good mission, have a, a real identifiable sort of cause and frankly, are something that whether it's brands or other industry organizations want to get behind, and and that's you know that's the way to grow there. So when we put our awards on this time, granted we were six months old, so we really went out and got a lot of community partners, and we basically just said, "Hey, we're new. You may or may not know us. Here's our mission. Here's what we've accomplished before." We're looking for community partners. By being a community partner, that means you think it's a good idea to amplify women in the, game, in the space of gaming. If you think that's a good idea, would you be a community partner? <laughs> and we got a pretty good response because who's going to argue with that, right? So we were able to get the awards sort of out in the industry that way. The other thing about the awards show and why we believe in it so strongly, and we have amazing plans for it this year, is that it inherently, by the way it's designed, it helps us grow, but it helps us grow with the people that we want to grow with. And so if you get nominated for an award, it's totally community-driven. So you get nominated for an award, which you know you deserve, and then your community comes around you to amplify you. And so it's sort of like everybody wins. I mean, again, we are a company. We want to grow our own community because we want to be able to move Move the needle. And what better way to do it than to have our community honor our community to grow that community? So I would say the awards were a really big way. Well, I wouldn't say they were a big way Mm -hmm. that we got really some credibility and some growth in the industry. Moving forward to this year, college is a huge initiative. That is, I would say, kind of one of our number one growth strategies. We also, for the rollout of our app, we believe pretty strongly in micro influencers because I think that. They're you know tied to sort of they're tied to to real gamers
0: mm-hmm. and
1: they also can kind of get behind us and help us figure out what what is going to work best for our app. So we've, we're getting a, a group of micro influencers. We're also I have to say big believers in paying people. So when I said before that we get a lot of feedback from our community, we do, and they respond to us on social. And we ask questions and all that. But if we ever feel like we need some real kind of advice, we reach out to people and ask if we can pay them because women deserve to be paid. It's why we're a for-profit company. We've hired people from our community. We've asked for consulting advice. And we believe that with the rollout of our app, paying micro-influencers is another thing that honors our mission and helps our business.
0: I love that. That's phenomenal. So you talked, you talked about, you know, what's on the horizon for 2021. The collegiate market is big, growing, your community is big. Are there other partnerships that are kind of on the horizon? What does success look like for, for your organization in 2021?
1: So I think, you know, the successful rollout of our app is, is, is a big deal. That's, that is our, our North Star, as we like to say. We also have big plans for the awards because the awards last year, we knew that the model worked. We've done award shows before. We did not know how successful they would be. And they were so successful without us. I mean, we, we had an incredible person to help us produce them and a big, great team behind them. But intentionally knowing what's coming this year, we have a lot of – well, to answer your question, what would, what would make it a success, we'd like to get some really authentic brand partnerships – that could help us amplify. Again, if you go back to our original mission as a purpose-driven company, we want to amplify women in gaming and we want to provide more opportunities for more women in gaming. So I'm a big networker in life, just outside of business and inside of business. I think the best way that we are really going to consider 2021 and beyond a success is to identify the right organizations, which includes brands, leagues, colleges, nonprofits who are aligned with us, see how we can help them as well. One of the first things we always ask in meetings, even if it's with a potential branch partner is, you know, how can we help you? We know generally when we're in a meeting, how somebody could help us because we, that's why we're in the meeting with them. And so we always want to find out how we can help them. And if you are in a cross collaborative, cross promotional relationship with any organization, I think that's the best secret
0: to success. That's awesome. So if, if I'm a brand and I'm, I'm listening in and I'm like, this is exactly the mission that I want to be able to support. And it's going to resonate with my brand and we speak to females that those are consumers, but we weren't really sure. We know we should get in gaming. weren't sure how do they reach you? What's the next step for them in order to just start the conversation?
1: So first of all, my email is rebecca at thegamers.com, which is gamers with an H, G A M E H E R S. And I'm very available on LinkedIn. That's a that's a big way that I connect with a lot of brands and, and organizations. And we'll also be sharing information again, I guess for brands primarily on LinkedIn. And we ha- we're starting to have relationships with a lot of agencies, but I am super excited about the idea of brands, anybody connecting with us who feels like this would be something they're aligned with because we have a lot of different creative ways from everything from within our app to our award show to just content on our both our Twitch channel, on our Discord, our streams, our college programs. And what's fun about being in a startup, and you know, I came from traditional corporate media buying and advertising as well. It's what's fun about not doing that is we have the creative control to to take the brands. Own initiatives, and as long as they're in line with kind of our overall mission, we can create anything. So we say, you know, okay, we have our awards, we have the app, we have this boot camp, we have a bunch of other things that I didn't mention. But if a brand comes to us and says, I really want to reach your community, and here are kind of the ideas that I'm thinking would be great, we can create things. And that's one of the reasons that we started this company because we're always learning and figuring out the most authentic way to, to reach the women gamers. And if there's, there's a way that we haven't come up with yet, which there definitely are many, then that's, that's kind of the fun part about it. So I would love, absolutely love to talk with brands that are, that are listening to this because we're, we're right at that moment. It's going to be a special year for us. And we're just really thrilled to see how it plays out.
0: Yeah, I know. I've, I've had a a couple, I mean, I just had a conversation over the past couple of days, I reached out to you and Specifically for moms, you know, for a brand yeah. that wants to get in front of moms to, to talk about, you know, the community that, that you have, the community that you've built, and even integrating you into, into what that potential activation could look like for them to consider. You know, I think what you're building out, you're almost building out the community itself is, is like an influencer, right? Definitely. Like yeah. a very robust. Because it's such a niche yep. demographic but it at scale based on the numbers like it could amass any other eSports community just based on growth I, I think so and
1: that's what we're so excited about I have to tell you before we get too far off of it, I love that you emailed me about asking about mom gamers that is just sort of like the culmination of all my of all my startup life because you know I mentioned we had a company in parenting before. Now we're in the gaming world and also all of my co-founders and I are all moms. So it's just, you know, it's, it's things like, like we would, would, that would be so intuitive for us and so much fun. I think you're absolutely right. Thinking about the community as an influencer and that just goes back to brands connecting with us and us, what we love doing and what we've loved doing for years in, in in all of our companies is figuring out what their goals are and figuring out the best way to get those goals out to our community.
0: I love it. I I talk to a lot of people, and there's just something about when you and I connected on the phone, and we just started talking about what you're building. Where now it's like every other conversation I'm having with somebody, they're talking about a problem. I'm like thinking back to ways that we could solve it together, right? Like ways I can bring your your company into the fold. And that's what's really powerful and special, I think, about the esports space is the collaboration. And I know that we're going to find some really epic things to work on and build together. So I really look forward to that. And Rebecca, I do
1: too. I, I honestly feel like it's so serendipitous that we were connected Thank you, Arda. And yeah, Arda. I, I truly, I loved our, our first conversation. This has been an absolute pleasure, and I just, I'm so excited to work together. Your podcast, like I said, I already listened to it before we met, and it's an honor to be here. It really is.
0: I'm so happy that that you listened to my podcast. I don't know who listens to my podcast. So it's so fun to like, <laughs> well, listen, I
1: can tell you for sure. Now it's also going to be my mom, my grandmother, <laughs> my. <laughs> No, I'm teasing, but send it out to the world because I, I think, I, well, first of all, I already have, it's a great podcast and it's so relevant to what we're doing. And, and I'm just, I'm really happy to be in touch. And I too know we're going to do a lot of fun stuff together. So let's do it now.
0: Let's get it done. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Rebecca Dixon, D-I-X-O-N. For anybody listening in on LinkedIn, it's Rebecca-Dixon. And I just look forward to future like collaborations and conversations with you. Like this is, we'll just be. Me too. Thank you so much, Rebecca. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. it. Have a great day. You too. Thank you. Bye. Bye.